This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. And this is a topic we get so many requests from you guys to have six liter power stroke content on. And today we're going to be chatting about some of the initial or, or common things that can happen with them, ways that you can identify what the problem is. You might be able to fix it yourself, or you might have to take it to a diesel repair shop. But we're going to go through what the symptoms are, how you can tell, and get some tips and tricks for you know fixing it and and, and doing some upgrades. Before we get to it though, we want to give a shout out to two of our sponsors. The first is Cho Engineering, and we're gonna be talking a little bit today about engines. And Cho Engineering has a really competitive, top quality program for engines. So if you need a six liter power stroke, a 6.4, or even Cummins or, or Duramax, they have different, different setups that you can go with. If it's a work truck, maybe a street truck, or if it's a full blown race vehicle, and you need the best of the best. Make sure you, you reach out to them. Give them a call at 901-553-9847. They're really helpful to chat with. They're going to ask you questions like what you're doing with the truck, you know, what are some future upgrades, things like that. But at the end of that process, you're going to know exactly what it costs, exactly what the warranty is, and you're going to be able to get a shorter long block to meet your goals. The other company is Fleece Performance, and Fleece is, I think here in a couple weeks, getting ready to move into their new building. So it's a state-of-the-art facility. They've totally taken their game to a whole new level and what they're going to be able to do with producing parts and upgrades and just the, the entire facility is so cool. We're going to be doing an episode with them as well, talking about the move and what they can do and, and new things they're going to have for Cummins, Duramax, and Power Strokes. But one of, one of the upgrades that they have, and it's really popular, is their drop-in lift pump. So you don't have to mount it to the frame. You're not going to have exposed wires or you know things that are on the road or ice and snow that can can accumulate on it. It drops right into the tank, super easy install, and you get a lifetime limited warranty. All right, let's get to the podcast. We're talking about six liter power strokes, ways you can identify the problems and get the truck back up and running. Casey, welcome to the Diesel Podcast today. I'm excited to to chat with you. We've been following you on Instagram for quite a while and wanted to talk power strokes and working on them and things that you're seeing in the shop and the things that people can do or you know owners of the trucks can do to you know keep them on the road and kind of minimize operating costs and downtime stuff like that oh yeah thanks for having me i wanted to start by having you tell us a bit about what you do in in the diesel industry what you do for work how you got into working on trucks and 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 just getting in there and and fixing them and and doing all that you do with them Alright, so how I kind of got into it was when I was about like 12, I used to build racing lawnmowers, and I kind of grew from there. Um, I internship before I went to college, and then I went to college at University of Northwestern Ohio, and started out small and just got bigger, um, um, working on little engines, and I wanted to do the, the diesel thing, but I really wanted to stay with like the automotive diesel side of stuff, but I can do everything. From semis to box trucks to whatever you throw at me. <laughs> now you're in Michigan, right? Yep. What do you see on a weekly basis come into to the shop? Is it a little bit of each, you know, each kind of make and model, or is it, you know, particularly one, you know, that, that you see a lot of? Well, we work on a bit of everything. So, like, honestly, things seem to come in threes. 
So, like, we'll get, like, three semis in, in a week, or we'll get three box trucks or three Dodges, or normally it's all for the same issue, like, <laughs> three same trucks, same issue. Well, I'm mainly a Ford person, so all the Fords come in, they kind of go to me, especially the six liters. So that normally gets towed in three times a week on the shop just because it doesn't run. It was a no-start or someone's driving on the road and it just dies. So those are kind of my thing. We get a ton of questions on like social media or like our Instagram stories and stuff of truck owners, specifically six liter owners. They want to know either common things that can go wrong that they can head off or be proactive with avoiding happening to their truck or they run into common issues. So I wanted to ask you on a weekly or monthly basis, what, what kind of things are you seeing six liter power strokes come in for? one and then two is it something that could be avoided or is it just part of the cost of ownership that you're going to just deal with or have to keep in mind for maintenance and things like that yeah so normally i see like the quick and easy like the icp sensor or the ipr that's just normal maintenance i guess they kind of all seem to go on all the trucks you hit like a certain mileage it doesn't even matter they can just go um injectors you're getting up in high miles, your injector is going to go. Like, it's just you're driving a diesel. But preventative maintenance is key to owning any vehicle. What kind of things on a six-liter would you recommend that say maybe different from a Cummins or a Duramax owner or a 7.3 owner that you should focus on for maintenance? Oil coolers. All right. So people don't seem to realize that running the proper coolant in your truck We'll save your oil cooler. Uh, oil coolers tend to go on the 6.0s because they're kind of in a shitty spot, but they're just there. They get clogged easily. So preventing, like making sure you have the right coolant in your truck kind of just helps out your situation for that part. So on Now, if you have to replace one, what's, what's your favorite one to go back with? What do you mean? On the oil cooler, like say one goes out. Are you going with like Ford OEM or is there an aftermarket one that So if I'm in the shop I have to use OEM. But if I'm working on a buddy's truck, I like to use Sinister and bulletproof diesel stuff. What makes the what makes the Sinister diesel one different than OEM or, or something you would use on like your own truck or friend's truck or something like that? Honestly, I think they're well they're built for more high performance. So they're built to last for Aftermarket parts is the best way that I can say that. We had a guy the other day that was like, hey, I got this six liter. And I think the oil cooler had been done. and But he was focused on the turbo. And he was worried about the turbo. And <laughs> it was like, like, well, how do I know if it's going out? What should I do? And I saw a post that you had on Instagram where you said you can get one out. if You don't have to find anything in like 30 minutes. Yes. Which, for me to take like three days and I'd have like extra parts and everything like that. But I wanted to ask you like what, if you're diagnosing a turbo that's, that's well, not completely failed. Cause I think we wouldn't know, you know, the truck. Yeah. Would know, you but... get a boost. Okay. So it's starting to go like easily. Like, you just kind of realize, Oh, I lost a little power here, but Oh, I got it back to the spine. But you have a stored memory code for a boost, like incomplete boost or your boost isn't all the way there low boost pressure, 
Um, sometimes that code will throw off too for a couple things. Um, your exhaust back pressure, that code can pop up too, but normally it's always for your throw. Um, if you see that code once, you mainly what's happening is the variable vane that's inside the turbo, it ends up getting stuck because there's so much carbon and rust buildup inside the turbo. And if that starts happening and you see that code pop up, but you, your power comes back and then a couple days later, you're hauling a trailer and you're just like, oh, I don't have no more power. What's happening? It's pretty much because it's staying stuck. So you're not, you're not getting everything that you need to get. Can you clean them or is it pretty much just replace it? Oh, you can clean them. Normal, like if you, so sometimes turbos are expensive. You don't want to freaking just fork out all that money right away, especially beginning of the summer and you haven't made all your money yet. So <laughs> you can take them apart. You can split them in half. And when you go to split them in half, you just have to be careful. You have to know like where your clamp's at. So you know like how to put it back together. Take a picture with your cell phone. It works out perfect. But <laughs> <laughs> once you have it all apart, you can get parts and pieces to replace in the inside. But if you're tight on a budget, just take it all apart. So you're going to have your ring and you're going to have the little veins. Some people don't clean out the veins. They're just there. But I like to take all the individual veins out, set them aside, scrub them in the parts washer solvent, make sure that part's clean. I'll take a wire wheel all to the inside of the guts and then put it back together. I don't try and mess with the shaft or the wheel if nothing's wrong with it. And now if there is something wrong with it, we in the shop, we normally like to be like, okay, just get a new turbo just because parts in labor for us to replace it almost outweighs the price of a new turbo. So we end up, we'll clean them if there's like a quick boot sensor code and you're not having that much fun with them. But we like to tell them also that you could have more issues. Yeah, imagine if, like, trying to take apart the cartridge itself kind of opens up a whole other can of worms with tons of other things where, yeah, it might be cheaper just to get a new turbo versus tearing into it and replacing parts here and there, and it might not fix it. You yeah, know? or you might not know what's actually going on with it. Now, on turbos like, say, on the O3s, are those more or less reliable than the later models, like the O3-04s, or are they all about the same on on a 03 to 07 6 liter? Honestly, I haven't seen much of an issue or a difference. Um, I, personal opinion, I dislike like the 03s and early 04s just because they're horrible to work on and it's a shitty engine. But <laughs> <laughs> everyone likes to say all oh, 60s are bad. But no, I'll work on any 60 just the like, first generation of them. They're really bad. <laughs> There's been a resurgence in them in on different levels i think with the power and the performance like ucc and the power levels that you know some of the the trucks are making but then also with the aftermarket or just the approach to them seems so different than it was where they're you know you probably see a lot of them with higher miles on them that are running great that you don't need to spend a bunch of money and get a you know a 2019 six seven power stroke to have a reliable power stroke and, no, you don't. And I think that's been really cool to see in the diesel community is, you know, the trucks haven't been made in, you know, 12 years, but they're still out there going strong. Still a lot you can do with them. And 
you know, keep them running. Yeah, there's a whole bunch you can do to them, and it's all depending on what all you want to put into it. My 60 has 245,000, and I just took out an injector this week. So I got stuck driving our shop van, which is also a six liter, but it's the van style, so it's the E, uh, 3,500. But that one has 585 miles on it. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. And a lot of people are like, I don't believe that. I'm like, it's so down there here. It's never, like, of course, your basic maintenance, like replacing injectors, but there's nothing aftermarket on it. It's all stock. The maintenance part is always what what I found with all these episodes we've done, and there's almost 200 of them, is it doesn't matter if you have a Cummins and we all think, you know, like, wow, it's a, you know, a reliable platform. It's been around pretty much unchanged for quite a while. But if you don't change the fuel filters on them, you're going to eat injectors and they're not going to be cheap. You're going to melt a piston or, you know, same with a Duramax and, and a power stroke is it's just the maintenance and taking care of them yeah. that I think now is really making a ton of sense out there for truck owners because you go to a lot and you look at a new power stroke, you're spending a lot of money on it. And it's like, do I want to spend 70,000 on a new truck? I'm sorry. That's just me. Like, yeah. Like, do you, I want to spend 70 grand or spend less and get a little bit more and have more power and spend the money on other things. Crazy. Now I think the, uh, the other part that we, get lots of questions and I'm sure you see a lot is with EGR coolers and not necessarily talking about deleting them, but just as far as the stock ones, them having issues, how do you fix them in the shop? So EGR coolers, there is always two types. Like if you're going with basic EGR coolers, there's two types. So you have the straight tube and then you have the veins. So I'm on, like, veins I'm talking about, so, like, radiator veins is probably the best way that I can describe that. Um, You do not want the older style that has the veins. It doesn't get good flow, and you're going to run into bigger issues. The vein style is normally what they came out with stock. So before anyone goes to decide that they want a 6-liter, you want to make sure that you at least replace that if you want to try and keep everything stuck. Um, Go with the tube style. They get better flow, and it helps them cool down a lot easier. Now, if the EGR cooler is having an issue, is it something that's just completely obvious, like you know the EGR cooler is going out, or what would you see from a diagnostic standpoint that you'd know, hey, this this is going to have issues? You'll get a code for your EGR valve. I want to say there's like a, and you can pull out your EGR valve, and it's quick and easy because it's two 8-millimeter bolts. It's right on top. You can take out the EGR valve and you can look at it and if it's all black and gunky and you try and there it looks like a little pistons on the inside of it and you can put your fingers in the middle and you can try and pop it out or push it up and if it's not going to push up with just using your fingers you kind of have an issue and either you want to replace your valve clean it because you can also clean them to save yourself some money but <laughs> you can clean them also but if it's starting to get really bad you're just better off than if the cleaning is not helping out and the new valve's not helping out, just do your cooler. It's not that bad. There are those, as far as those three things that we talked about, so like the oil cooler, the turbo, EGR cooler, is that really pretty much anything you're going to see on a 6-liter come in? I'm sure there'll be some 
maybe a transmission thing sometime or something else, but are those like the core core maintenance or replaceable things that, that you're seeing? Yep, that, and then like you were talking steering and suspension stuff too, wheel bearings tend to go and ball joints. And a lot of people that don't realize when they do replace their ball joints on these trucks, um, on Ford specifically, you need to torque down your ball joints. Normally people just run them on and like get them as tight as they possibly can. If you don't torque them to the Pacific torque spec on these, um, you'll get memory steer. So you'll be driving your truck and you'll like go to be turning while your steering wheel is not going to come back. It's going to want to keep turning. Mm. That's a quick tip. I didn't know that. <laughs> and with um, the ICT sensors, so you're going down the road and your truck just dies out on you and you're like, oh shit, now I got to call a tow truck. You can um, unplug your ICP sensor just like, just to be like, oh, maybe maybe it's just an ICP sensor that tends to go on all these damn trucks. Um, you can unplug it and start your truck, and you should at least be able to get it to a shop or to your house. That just would be by good. Unsetting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it saves a tow trip. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a big payment. <laughs> now, on those sensors, is it just completely random when they go, or is there any sort of mileage uh, or ton? Kind of. Sometimes you can tell if it's just running a little goofy, like you're at a stop sign or a stoplight, or it's just idling, and you can just, like, it's kind of hiccuping, and you're like, what's going on? And then it runs fine for a little bit. Uh, you can kind of tell it's when it's starting to go, but a lot of people don't notice that slight hiccup in the engine running because the radio is too loud or their system's bumping, and you don't realize how you truck down. <laughs> Um yeah, so you can either tell that way, or it just goes when you're driving down the road, which isn't very fun. <laughs> I think that's going to answer a ton of questions that we've had. It, it, it's like the the seven three, the six liter. We get so many messages every week about those trucks. Like, hey, keep keep the six liter content coming, or to talk about seven threes, or hey, I just got this truck. What should I do? And it was it was really cool to be able to chat with you because you're working on these every week and you're seeing. Every day. Different, yeah, and just seeing like what what goes wrong with them, how you can fix them, and in ways people can save money and not have to, you know, dump tons oh, yeah. of money into it. Adventure in our shop, like I've been fighting with a six seven, and it wasn't even my fault at all whatsoever. But um, I put a brand new fuel injection pump in it. Couldn't get it to fire over. Here I'm thinking I did something wrong, or. I don't know. I'm like looking at my readings. I'm like, it's, it's only getting 300 PSI, like fuel pressure. I'm not getting shit. So I'm like, I did something wrong. What I like not hook up or is it leaking anywhere? I put new injectors in it also. So here I'm thinking something's wrong. Like I um, didn't plug something in. I was perfectly fine. So finally I like talked to my boss about it. I'm like, okay. The only thing I can think of is that that brand new pump I just put in was that. So he's like, okay, well, they normally don't go bad, supposedly, from Ford OEM, fuel injection pump. doesn't go bad, but it did, and got the whole new one in today and cranked it over, and it started right away. It's like the best <laughs> feeling ever, but let me tell you, um, fighting with something, and here you're thinking you did something wrong and you didn't, oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, that happens, that can happen even with an OEM part, It, you know, it's just... Yeah luck of the draw you know so don't always think that your parts are brand new <laughs> <laughs> or that they are brand new but they weren't made properly 
if any any of our listeners out there want to check out what you're doing in the shop and and what you're working on, they might even have questions, more detailed ones, you know, than what we had on the podcast. Where can they find you on Instagram? Um, at mechanic two underscores and then chick. They can also see pictures of your toolbox, which is really cool. Yeah, the pink toolbox is amazing. I think that's the only reason why people follow me is because <laughs> my tools. So I'm like, uh, deep in debt about. Well, no, it's almost paid off, but still, it's a lot of money. Well, we appreciate the the knowledge and the insights you gave us, and and um, yeah, keep us updated on on things you're seeing. If you start to see things on the six seven power strokes or any any of the engines that uh, you know people might encounter, let us know and have you back on chat about those and, and ways that people can kind of address the issues and save some money or just be aware hey at this mileage i'm starting to see this happen and oh, keep yeah, them updated definitely. on it i can do that we can actually like make a list of a whole bunch of questions people want to ask me or they can just dm me and i normally i'll answer them cool we appreciate you start your... asking me like a hundred questions i might be like hey my <laughs> paypal is this and can... first minute's free after that yeah start charging for questions. <laughs> questions free after that. No, <laughs> well, we appreciate your time today, Casey, and look forward to chatting with you again. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and hit up Chode Engineering if you need a short block, long block, Power Stroke, Cummins, Duramax. Give them a call at 901-553-9847. Tell them you heard, heard about them on the Diesel Podcast. And also any questions you might have uh, when we have Cass from show engineering back on uh, any engine questions builds things like that you want to know make sure and let us know on instagram follow us at at the diesel podcast shoot us a message and let us know we'll make sure we ask them on air and also go to fleeceperformance.com check out the lift pump upgrades they've got and take advantage of being able to supply more fuel volume to your injection pump need to make more power keep the truck running in, in, in the best shape that it can until next time keep the shiny side up